Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Welcome inside Studio 34. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stample. No Greg Sussman as he's out gallivanting the streets. Maybe a rehearsal dinner. Maybe a last minute tuxedo fitting for his wedding. Whatever it might be, Greg Sussman is not here. But I am. Frank Stample joined live in studio by our special guest, Nick Ercolano. Follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Big Dogs Gotta Eat. Nick, what's going on, man? I'm glad to be back here. Uh, I haven't been back since the summer, and I usually uh, would sweat my entire way through the show, and now it's about 25 degrees in uh, in New York City, so you're going to need to have me back in. like a, During a neutral time of the year, I would enjoy that uh, a lot more. A neutral time of the year? Yeah, it's gotten cold today, man. I know EY we, is joining the show here as well, and he was talking about how out in Nashville, it's randomly become winter, so... 
we're all feeling the cold right now. We're really feeling the brunt of it. EY, I heard you join the show uh, just as we were getting started here. You also referred to your laptop as something that you, quote, need to get cleaned out. So I hope that everything is going on well for you technology-wise uh, and weather-wise as well. What's going on, EY? Um, this is not a face of a technical, technological mastermind. I can't even say the word apparently. So yeah, I don't know. I, I did the update and as usual, now the computer doesn't work properly. What a sweet update. Thank you, Apple. Thank you again for your amazing updates. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I know that you've, uh, you've had some fun with Apple products as well, Nick. Uh, tell us a little bit of what, about what happened last night to you. Uh, okay. Well, first I'd like to touch on the, uh, the update for the, for the MacBook. that also ruined my life for about 24 hours. I got the new AirPod Pros, the the Max, and I or AirPod Max Pro. I don't know. They just throw a lot of words at yeah, the end. Yeah, Max Pro, awesome, super, whatever it is. So being a huge tech nerd, I had to get them like immediately, and I got them, and they're fantastic. I love the product, except they have uh, a little silicone piece at the end, so if they don't fit your ears well, which the Apple products normally don't, for me, they they made the silicone piece so that it does if it it's everybody's ear. Uh, except for when I popped it out last night, the silicone piece stayed all the way in my ear and it was making its way like into my, into my brain. So I took a video of it and I posted it on Twitter. Uh, I tagged Apple in it and I went to their page and realized that they don't follow a single person. They haven't tweeted ever, but they have like 3.6 million followers. I'm like, they're never going to answer me, but I asked them for a new MacBook pro. I thought it was, um, I thought it was a good deal considering the damage that they did to me. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, and we were talking about this before the show. Uh, you're there, like, trying to get it out, but at the same time, you're jamming it further into your ear, and, you know, when I saw your video on Twitter, I was thinking the same exact thing. Like, that would likely happen to me. I would be one of those guys where, you know, I don't like when the headphones go all the way into your ear. Like, the normal AirPods and, and Apple headphones are fine the way that they are. They don't have to go all the way into your ear, so I, too, would also be freaking out. So, uh, I feel your pain, uh, and we, we are all feeling the pain of our Apple products right now. Um, Oh, but we also have Apple products, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Overall, last night, the autumn wind yes. is a pirate. The Oakland Raiders pull off the win 26-24. Before we get into all the Week 10 matchups, I did just want to talk about this game real quick and what we saw last night. So, Nick, we'll start off with the Chargers side of things. Uh, we got bad Phillip Rivers last night. We, we got the bad shot put last night. Two touchdowns, 17 for 31, three interceptions. I had the over on the receiving prop for Keenan Allen, which was 67 and a half. He had 68 receiving yards, so I feel pretty good about that. Mike Williams, 59 and a half. He had 55. Really? You couldn't give me one more catch against this secondary? I don't know what happened last night, Nick, but for whatever reason, Phillip Rivers, maybe he was seeing ghosts. I don't know what it was, but ultimately, he did not look like himself. Three turnovers in this game. He fumbled another time, and ultimately, outside of Hunter Henry, you were let down once again by their pass catchers. Yeah, Phillip Rivers is is a problem, it seems like, for the Chargers long-term. And they mentioned it during the broadcast last night how, you know, those quarterbacks came into the league together. It was Eli, who is now benched. You have Big Ben, who is out uh, for the year with his injury. We don't know what we're going to see come next year. Rivers is the last remaining guy, uh, and I don't know that he should be. I mean, they're not going to bench him, obviously, but there's a problem with his with his passing game. The, sh the whole shot put thing is, is not working anymore. Maybe when he was a little younger and he had some more strength behind it. But that hurts a guy like Mike Williams, whose main – um, you know, his main form of attack, especially for fantasy purposes, is those deep balls. And Mike Williams is a guy who people get excited about because he's got the air yards and whatnot. But if you can't put it together consistently and you're not getting those accurate deep throws from Rivers week in and week out, then he's not going to have a lot of value for you because you have to have consistency from those mid-round wide receivers like Mike Williams in order to return some value. Uh, and it's hurting Keenan Allen, of course, too, because they are so heavily involving their running backs, which I think is a good game plan considering 
the tandem of Gordon and Eckler uh, is really talented. They give you everything you need. They give you the strength, the receiving, the uh, ability, all everything in between. And we're starting starting to see Melvin Gordon kind of come into his form. So if you drafted him late, you looks like you got a steal. He looks like a guy who is going to be a twenty touch guy that we're kind of used to. Um, I will say a lot of the a lot of the calls that they had were questionable. Some of the picks were a little bit unlucky. Guys falling on the ground, whatever. Um, but when they got to the goal line, man, some of the play calling was so suspect. They kept we're throwing it to Lance Kendricks and their their fullback. Lance Kendricks are fullback, on, and when they're trying to run the ball, they did the same play three times. They would motion one of the wide receivers right into the middle of the box. All that does is throw more defenders right into the box, and it's like when you're just trying to power a guy up the middle, get the defenders out of the box. Go four wide. Go go uh, from shotgun and then get your best matchup numbers-wise, but they kept running awful play calls, so that was terrible. On the flip side, I mean, we got to give Gruden some credit. He's looked like a really, really, really good coach despite all the, you know, the buffoonery that we saw in the preseason. He was, I don't know, moving players that shouldn't have been moved. He couldn't get anything going um, from the outside world. We all look like it was a joke, but they're putting things together. Josh Jacob looks fantastic, a guy that I was not on whatsoever, but he looks like a beast. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really trust too many pieces outside of there. Waller's been very good, but has shown that he has somewhat of a low floor. I still like him as a, a clear-cut tight end one going forward, but the game altogether was, uh, was an exciting one down to the wire. Yeah, it seems like this, the Oakland Raiders are starting to spread the ball out, uh, ball around a little bit more here with Tyrell Williams, five targets. You see Hunter Renfro with his five targets. Darren Waller, the same thing. So we're starting to see some of that floor of Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, has been awesome. At least 15 carries in every game since week four. Season high, five targets last night. That's what I love to see from Josh Jacobs. But when we get back, we jump into week 10. We're doing an entire preview of the entire slate. It's Frank, Nick, and EY right here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. 
I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3 0. In a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stanfield, joined live in studio by Nick Urquilano. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore B-D-G-E. Big dogs gotta eat. EY as well at the Eric Young. Let's jump right in, guys, because there's a lot of talk about this week, this upcoming slate. It's the bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. Six teams on a bye this week. So let's start it off with the Cardinals at the Bucks. A likely bonanza this week. Tampa Bay laying 40. Four, four and a half points, not 45 points. They're laying four and a half points at home. We've got the big total in this game. And Nick, I'll let you start things off with the Cardinals side of the ball here. Look, Kyler Murray looks like he's in a really good spot. Uh, coming off one of his better games of the season, 23 fantasy points against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I assume you got to like Kyler Murray, obviously, here in the spot against Tampa Bay, which means you've got to like some of his pass catchers. You got to like somebody. I have Christian Kirk ranked inside of my top 12 this week. I might be crazy. I probably am. But I think he is the guy that they're going to look at here. He is leading the team in target share, in air yards, since he has returned from injury. I think Christian Kirk has a big game. Do you have any interest in any other pass catchers for the Arizona Cardinals? Tell me what you think about Kyler Murray as well. Uh, I, I think I think you're getting a, a little cute there with top 12. Although, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he did finish in the top 12. I mean, you look at this Bucks defense and... If you're not trying to attack them week in and week out, you're doing fantasy football wrong. They, I believe, have allowed the single most fantasy points to wide receivers on the year. So it, you're looking at a game where you have the Cardinals and the Bucks, and all they do is pass the ball. They're both 
very fast-paced team, so they're going to get a lot of snaps, a lot of plays, tons and tons and tons of pass attempts. So you're you're firing up pretty much everyone in the passing game, uh, at least from the Tampa Bay side of things. When I'm looking at Arizona, yeah, you got, you have to love Kyler Murray just because he'll have passing success. Obviously, he has the uh, rushing ability too. This is not a team that could slow you down whatsoever. So they want to have that fast-paced offense uh, running. That's like their main goal week in and week out. A lot of the times it gets stopped because, you know, for one reason or another, they take away the deep passes and they have trouble running the ball sometimes. But this is a game where they will not have trouble getting the ball downfield. So I love Kirk this week. I love Kyler Murray this week. Uh, Any love for Fitz? No. I mean, he's been so bad. It, I agree. I, I'm just throwing it out there because someone's going to see this matchup and say, oh, well, I could jump back in on Larry Fitzgerald here. And yeah. you say to that, no, you can't. It's just like, why Why do you feel that way? Other, I mean, I understand the matchup, but he's done absolutely nothing to prove I, it. I agree with you. Yeah, I think we're going to yeah. see DJ come back, and I think he's going to run a lot of um, routes from the slot. So he's going to be the guy that they're probably targeting over the middle of the field. So I would rather, not that you're going to have a choice between DJ and Fitz, but if I'm going to say why Fitz will probably not have a good game over the middle of the field, it's probably because DJ is coming back and will take a lot of those targets away. Speaking of DJ, David Johnson, EY, I'll throw it to you. You get the pleasure of breaking down the Cardinals' backfield here in this one. I said on the Fantasy Football Frenzy that I think we see close to a 50-50 split here with David Johnson and Kenyon Drake. And like Nick is saying, I think that we see both Kenyon Drake and David Johnson used as wide receivers here in this game. How are you breaking down this Cardinals backfield, EY? I mean, look, it's going to be confusing, um, but but I think it's going to be a, a nightmare for whether you're a Drake owner or a David Johnson owner. I'm an owner of both guys in separate leagues, and, and I think uh, Drake's kind of coming out party last week is going to, to rain on David Johnson's return. Look at I think everybody, uh, we've definitely talked about Kenny and Drake on the show a whole bunch, and we could never understand why this guy wasn't getting used in Miami. He, w- he was never considered the number one back. Kellen Balazs started over him. No one could figure that out. Anytime we saw Kenyon Drake used or, or given an opportunity, he usually Sean, even on a bad team, I believe that the Arizona Cardinals are a better team than the Miami Dolphins, especially offensively. Um, David Johnson coming back off an injury, they're going to want to like, you know, I mean, they're not going to want him to touch the ball 25 times. So I believe it is probably a, a 50-50 split. And Kenyon Drake could be used as as the running back in the running back role and David Johnson as the pass catcher. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be sad at that. This is a, a weird offense uh, early in the year, I think game three or four. They had lined up with four wide receivers more time than all of the rest of the teams in the NFL combined so there, there's just no way to predict this uh what what uh they're going to do and and it's it's cool to see but it, it can be frustrating for a fantasy owner absolutely I mean that's the difference right real life football versus fantasy football it's going to be fun to watch but it's hard for fantasy owners to figure out which way this one's going to break down personally I think we get 12 to 13 touches each for David Johnson and Kenyon Drake, which makes them flex options. Again, Tampa Bay has been really good against the run, but they are a pass-funnel defense. Uh, so that's why their run numbers look a little bit better than they are. On the other side, I know Jameis Winston turns the ball over a lot. He's actually been really good for fantasy this season. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals are allowing three-plus t- uh, passing touchdowns in three of their last four games. So I'm in on Jameis and Kyler. I have them both inside my top six this week at the quarterback position. Nick, tell me about Ronald Jones, because he's been named the starter. He played a career-high 53% of the snaps. It's a good matchup here going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think you have to like Ronald Jones. I think he'll be super chalky this week, especially in DFS. Coming off 20-touch game, right? He finally played over 50% of the snaps, which is the first time that he's done that all year. 
Uh, and they don't like to use one back, which still makes me skeptical. I do like to hear that Bruce Arians says, you know, he earns the starting role and he's going to be the guy there. Peyton Barber has been absolutely nothing so far in terms of, you know, successful on the, on the ground. And Ronald Jones is finally giving them a little bit of a spark. The problem is, though, I just think they're always going to go back to the passing game. And Ronald Jones is not someone that you could trust in the passing game. He's not anyone that was successful in college at the passing level. Yeah, he catches one or two balls a, balls a game. Sometimes he takes him for a big gain. So you get, oh, you know, he can catch the ball. But, like, realistically, we've never seen him historically do it before. So that troubles me a little bit. I mean, would anyone really be surprised if Ronald Jones gets 14 carries and Peyton Barber gets 10? Peyton Barber gets the goal line carry. That's that's my concern. Um if you have Ronald Jones, I think he is a very, very good flex play, given that I think he's probably established a floor like 12 to 15 touches for the game. What that will surmount to, I don't know. I'm assuming Jameis is going to continue to throw the ball upwards of 40, 45 times a game like he's done in the last three, four games consecutively. I'm on Ronald Jones as a low-end RB2 this week. Uh, just coming off that game where he had 18 carries, I think it's a good spot here going up against Arizona. When it comes to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you're going to continue to roll these guys out there. I understand Mike Evans' upside has been considerably higher than Chris Godwin over the past month, and I've mentioned this before. There's only been two games all season where both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have gone off together, so one of these guys is likely going to... I'll use the word disappoint you, but again, it's a good matchup. So I think both guys are still going to be really good. It's probably one guy is going to be much better than the other. And when it comes to the tight ends, I mean, I'm just not getting involved. I'm not doing it anymore. OJ Howard, Cameron Bray. It's a great matchup going up against Arizona, but good luck trying to figure out which, uh, which Tampa Bay tight end to use in this game. Let's move over to the Atlanta Falcons going up against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, big favorites in this game. The total up over 50 points here in the Superdome. Nick, Matt Ryan coming back off of the ankle injury. Can you trust him in this spot? I mean, you could trust Matt Ryan. You're playing Matt Ryan if you own him, but this game is going to be a, a disaster. I'm a Falcons fan, and I was not optimistic about them going into the year. I didn't think they'd be this bad. But I, I imagine the Saints are going to just wash the Falcons. It's going to be embarrassing. They're going to dominate time to possession, which is what makes me nervous about Matt Ryan. I think he will be like a almost like a Jameis Winston light, where they force a bunch of turnovers on Matt Ryan. He throws a couple picks, but at the end of the day, hands up with 300-plus passing yards, a touchdown or two with some turnovers. So on the Falcons' side of the ball, I'm not optimistic if I'm someone who owns any other of the skill players besides uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, not even like Austin Hooper I'm too happy about. I think he presents probably a lower floor than people realize, but the Saints team is just so much better than the Falcons. I think they just dominate on the offensive side of the ball and don't give them um, too much time. Devontae Freeman, it's a tough matchup here. The New Orleans Saints allowing just 3.78 yards per carry to opposing running backs, but he is being used in the pass game. So I think in PPR leagues, you're still looking at him as a low-end RB2, but in standard leagues, this guy has not scored a rushing touchdown all season long. So it's a tough spot here for Devontae Freeman. Julio Jones, four-game average against Marshawn Lattimore in his career, seven for 123, has not scored a touchdown against him. Obviously, you're still using Julio Jones. EY, when it comes to Calvin Ridley, we saw before the... By he had seven targets, which was tied for fourth on the team. They started using Russell Gage more as well. Uh, do you trust Calvin Ridley in this spot as, let's say, a high-end wide receiver three? 30 seconds, real quick, EY. A lot of it's going to depend on, on Matt Ryan and his health. I, you know, I think he's going to start. Calvin Ridley is a guy that was drafted very high, uh, a person that I, I was relatively high on. But the Saints... I mean, their defense has been up and down, but I think it's pretty solid. It's going to be tough for them to, to throw the ball and do much of anything with that offensive line. So if, if you can avoid 
Calvin Ridley, I would. But if you're stuck with him in a flex, I mean, there are worse players. BFFs coming back right after this here on SportsGrid TV Network. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hit it! Nah, 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 n
Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. I am Frank Sample. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever right here on the SportsGrid television network. Joined live in studio by Nick Ercolano. Nick, big dogs gotta eat. EY as well. My buddy, Eric Young, let's jump right back in, boys, because to be honest, I am moving at a terribly slow pace, so we've got to up this thing a little bit, and I think we're just going to try and avoid the players that it's pretty obvious you're going to start, right? Drew Brees in this spot, the Atlanta Falcons defense, 31st in pass defense DVOA, they're not good. You're starting Drew Brees. Michael Thomas, very good in this spot. It's a great matchup. You're going to use Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara coming back from the ankle injury, he has been upgraded to full practice, so me personally, I'm viewing Alvin Kamara as still a top 10 running back here in this spot. I understand that the Falcons have been better against pass-catching running backs this year. It's probably just because they've been terrible against wide receivers. Uh, but, Nick, tell us about Latavius Murray because people might have questions about him. What do we expect from Latavius Murray uh, based on Alvin Kamara being back? And what about those peripheral pass-catchers, the Ted Ginns, the Traquan Smiths, the Jared Cooks in this spot? Yeah, so I like a lot of the players on the Saints side of the ball outside of Kamara and Breeze and Michael Thomas, the obvious ones. Uh, I'll go right back to Latavius Murray if I own him in uh, in a flex spot of mine. He's gotten so much work. And I think, again, like I said, the Saints are just so much better of a team than the Falcons, and I think they dominate them in terms of time, time of possession, yardage, and scoring. Uh, so I, I think with Kamara coming to this game, I don't believe he's 100%. I still think he's probably 85 80%. They'll use him out in space a lot like they usually do, maybe six to eight carries up the middle, which will leave you know 12 to 15 touches for Latavius, maybe some of the goal line work, which I imagine will be pretty plentiful against the Falcons uh, in, in, this, in this matchup. Um, I also like Ted Ginn as someone that I think Probably in deeper leagues, he's not someone I'm excited to get into my lineup, but he's someone that you could definitely use because he's been the clear number two. I know Traquan Smith is back, but even in the times when Traquan had the field to himself, the wide receiver two role, uh, he had all summer to usurp Ted Ginn, who's you know 30 years older than he is. He's a second year player who sh should have you know jumped over Ted Ginn if we really were going to see anything out of him at this point. Um, so I like Ted Ginn. I also like Jared Cook coming back. He had two touchdowns in a row coming off. Uh, a small, a slow start, excuse me, uh, in the beginning of the year. Has a couple touchdowns, then gets hurt. Now he's coming back against, again, a Falcons team that you could throw against. So I like Latavius. I like Ted Ginn. I like Jared Cook. Fire up all your Saints. Jared Cook, a streaming tight end this week. Atlanta has allowed four touchdowns over their last four games. All right, that's it. I swear I'm done with the Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints. Over to the Ravens and the Bengals. The Ravens, big favorites in this spot. A 45.5 point total right now. Lamar Jackson, last time he faced the Cincinnati Bengals, had a season high, 152 rushing yards. You're firing up Lamar Jackson. Same thing when it comes to Mark Ingram here. Cincinnati Bengals are very bad against running backs. They allow the second most fantasy points to the position. EY, I want to ask you about the pass catchers for the Ravens here. Hollywood Brown, his first game back, played 57% of the snaps. He has seen 23% of the target share in games that he's played. 
I'm not really worried about the Cincinnati Bengals secondary. Uh, tell me how you feel about both Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, who, while the targets have been there, the production has been a little bit inconsistent for Mark Andrews. It seems like it's been coming back down to earth a little bit. How do you feel about the Ravens pass catchers here, EY? I mean, it's pretty obvious. The, the Ravens want to run the ball, and, and that's with their running backs and with Lamar Jackson. He is maybe my favorite player to watch right now. Um, he's kind of changing football. Look, the quarterback position uh, has never, he's, uh, you know, never really been played like this in the NFL where uh, a guy has relied so much. I would say if he was a running back, he would be a top 10 running back. He's so elusive. Um, even when they've got guys spying on him, guys down low. Uh, and it really, the reality is, is it should open up the passing game, but they're just not a team that wants to pass. I don't think they trust him that much to pass. And I get that he can make passes. He is a quarterback, but that's not his, that's not his number one skill set. His number one skill set is play action and, and, and uh, option plays and, and, and passing the game, the ball short to, to the tight ends where there's three so Andrews I think is the number one guy I think if you got him you start him Hollywood Brown um, I think last week was them easing him back in and I think if you have him you start him as well because the Cincinnati Bengals are a rotten football team and the whole offense is going to have Finleyitis. the only guy I think you can maybe trust a little bit in the flex is Mixon uh, and that's just me being hopeful because I'm starting him <laughs> EY being hopeful with Mixon you know nothing bad has ever come of being hopeful of Mixon uh, apparently that's what they say uh, I do love when EY uses the word rotten to describe football teams but that is the Cincinnati Bengals they are winless on the season uh, and now you have the pleasure of talking about the Cincinnati Bengals here Nick what are you expecting from Ryan Finley I know he had the high completion percentage in the preseason a lot of dump off passes a lot of short throws as well does that favor a Tyler Boyd how do you handicap these Bengals pass catchers in this game and is there a chance that we could see more targets for Joe Mixon because to me that has been the most frustrating part about Joe Mixon's season so far yeah there, I don't think you could pay me to start a single Cincinnati Bengal this week uh, my problem with even a guy like Tyler Boyd who's seen so many looks none of them are further than seven or eight yards down the field I imagine I don't know much about Ryan Finley admittedly but I can't imagine he's going to be throwing it further than, you know, a Mason Rudolph guy who's averaging like 5.5 yards per attempt. The guy doesn't look downfield. So I think we'll get a lot of that from Ryan Finley. This Ravens defense is coming into its own right now, right? With Jimmy Smith back, Marlon Humphrey has been a shutdown cornerback over the last two months. Jimmy Smith now back as well? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you were listening, but I actually, yeah. I actually just said that. Oh, I pulled the Greg Sussman. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> is, that, is that what he does to you all yeah, time? Well, uh, you know, I was thinking of Marcus Peters, so they acquired Marcus Peters, oh, right, and then right. Jimmy Smith is back exactly. now as well. But the secondary, you're right. It's healthy, and they're playing well. And Marlon Humphrey shut down Tyler Boyd in their first matchup, and he shattered him. So I had imagined that's going to be the same thing in this one. Uh, Mixon, I mean, I, I, I have him sitting on my bench for – I started both Chargers running backs over him – and I will probably be starting either Damian Williams or Matt Breda over Joe Mixon. So he is far down the totem pole. I can understand if you're a little bit desperate during a 16 bye week, but there is nobody on Cincinnati that I am excited to uh, excited to start. Yeah, and I can't argue with that, which I think that means we're done with the Ravens and the Bengals. Let's move over to the Bills at the Browns. Kind of a sneaky spread here, right? Does Vegas know something we don't? Cleveland is still favored in this game, despite being 2-6, and six, coming in and fa uh, facing the Bills, who are 6-2. and two. 
Josh Allen has been a safe quarterback this year. Doesn't have the same upside, and I've seen you tweeting about this before in the past. Doesn't have the same rushing upside as he has uh, as he had last year. But overall, he has been pretty safe from a fantasy football perspective. He's barely inside my top twelve. I think that we see a lot of Devin Singletary in this spot. The question is, EY, how high is too high for Devin Singletary? Looks like he took over this backfield last week. Sixty-six percent of the snaps. He had twenty carries. He had four targets. Cleveland is allowing four point nine yards per carry to running backs. They give up the ninth most fantasy points. I currently have Devin Singletary as my RB 16 ahead of Jalen Samuels, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman. I'm very excited about Devin Singletary. What say you, EY? Yeah, I think I, I think um, last week is an indication of what's going to happen. Uh, Frank Gore is has been an amazing player his entire career. You can't take away the fact that he's like 75 years old and still was a starting running back at at some point this year, bone on bone in both knees and still getting it done somehow. But Singletary had his coming out party last week. I think that him and, and Sanders, they were kind of both in the same thing is like, you're, you know, that at some point this year, it, it's going to become their, their backfield, but having Howard or Gore there is going to, to, kind of slant their their production because they're not going to have as a massive opportunity. This is what the NFL is. They're going to share the backfield. I believe Gore will still play. Um, Buffalo is another team that, that wants to run the ball and control the clock, play good defense. Um, they're a good team, and the fact that Vegas has got Cleveland winning doesn't make any sense to me, but they do. They usually know something that we don't know. That's why those casinos look like that. They, Vegas is a city that was built in the desert because they know what they're talking about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Devin Singletary is uh, probably a must-start, and and uh, I, I'm excited to see what this kid's going to do going forward. I'm still trusting John Brown in this spot as well, playing 87% of the snaps on the season for the Buffalo Bills, leads them with 27.6% of their target share, 50 yards or a touchdown in every single game. Again, the upside, because of Josh Allen, has not been massive like we were expecting for John Brown, but he's actually been a little bit more consistent than I think most people were expecting coming into the season. The Browns have allowed five touchdowns to wide receivers over their last three games. Nick, I don't know if you've ever done a show where halfway through the show you start shaving your facial hair or your mustache, but it seems like Baker Mayfield right now uh, is more interested in his mustache and shaving it at halftime rather than actually playing good football here. So you get the pleasure, once again, of breaking down the Browns. Everyone wants to know what's going on with Nick Chubb versus Kareem Hunt. I like both guys in the spot. I don't think that Freddie Kitchens should overthink this, but of course, all Freddie Kitchens does is overthink things. The Buffalo Bills are allowing 4.5 yards per carry to running backs. They have allowed an RB to score or rush for 100 yards in five straight games. So I think Nick Chubb is still a really good play. And if you ask me, I think we see a 65-35 split between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. What say you? Uh, I'm with that. I'm, I'm fine with that, too. I don't think a lot of people realize that Chubb's really only been playing on about 65% of the snaps up to this point in the season. All that extra work to Dontrell Hilliard and those random pass catchers in there, that'll go over to Kareem Hunt. Let him get his five targets a game. That's not where Chubb eats up his fantasy workload anyway. He, he hasn't had a game over 35 receiving yards yet this year. Hasn't got in the end zone via receiving. So the fact that he is like RB6 or 7 right now in fantasy without that receiving production makes me not nervous about Kareem Hunt if I am a Chubb owner. Through the passing game, though, it is crazy how the NFL has them as three-point favorites, two and six versus the Bills, six and two, three and zero oh on the road. It's, you know, that's I guess a product of playing in the NFC East. Um, but I'm not looking forward to starting Baker Mayfield. Uh, OBJ is probably right around a borderline wide receiver too, if that at this point with Tre'Davious White coming up on the schedule. But yeah, uh, something 
that people shouldn't overlook is what you brought up. They're built. The run defense is not what's keeping them, you know, at this record right now. It's the pass defense that's really, really uh, vital to their success. It's Nick, EY, and Frank right here on the Fantasy BFFs. We'll be right back right after this. It's Sports Grid TV Network. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cowan Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for Season 2 of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to Season 2 of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. you find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
Happy Friday, Nick. I know that this was a, uh, a favorite of yours, so I figured that I would play it. Welcome back to the Fantasy BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Sample, joined by Nick Ercolano. Big dogs got to eat. EY, Eric Young as well. Uh, does this bring up any memories for you, the Baja Bulls? Yeah, I'm upset. Why are you upset? I told, this is your song, man. I told the behind the scenes not to play it, and now everybody's fired. <laughs> now everybody is fired. Uh... Sorry, Danny. Someone else is going to have to take over the board downstairs. All right, enough enough of the chit-chat. I mean, I'll go home early. I've got to try to get in eight games in a matter of, I don't know how many minutes we have left, but I'm going to try my best. It's the Detroit Lions going up against the Chicago Bears here. I am worried about Matthew Stafford in this spot. I understand that he has played well. The pass volume is up. They have not been able to run the football. The Bears secondary has played really well. Matthew Stafford's a little banged up here in this spot. He had 21 touchdowns in 16 games last year. So far this season, he has 19 touchdowns in eight games. He is playing very well. With that being said, I am very worried about Matthew Stafford in the spot. I have him outside of my top 12. I really don't want to fool around with the Detroit Lions running backs. Ty Johnson played 62% of the snaps. But of course, J.D. McKissick scored the touchdown last week. The way to attack the Bears right now is on the ground. Since they lost Akeem Hicks, they haven't been the same defense. But... I can't trust any of these Lions running backs, Nick. I mean, who are you trusting, if anybody, on the Detroit Lions? I'm worried about Stafford. Are you worried about him? Does that make you worried about Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones as well? Yeah, this this seems like a spot where Stafford's going to be a big letdown because he's coming off of so many you know strong performances in a row and people are getting excited about him, and then he's going to throw up a dud. Um, that said, though, I still like Kenny Galladay. If you look at his last few times playing at Chicago, he has had no trouble finding success. Uh, six for 78 in a touchdown last year. Uh, five for 90 in another game. So I'm not really worried about Kenny Galladay. I think he's he's too talented to kind of fail at this point. Yes, we've seen him have a couple low floor games, but for the most part, he's been over 120 receiving yards in three out of the last four games. And I think we'll, and those have been against good secondaries for the most part, Green Bay, Minnesota. So I'm not worried about Kenny G. I am worried about the rest of the passing offense. I'm worried about the team. I think this game is just going to move at like a snail pace. I think the Chicago is obviously going to try to establish a run with David Montgomery. The Lions will try their best to do something on the ground. But like you said, they've been horrible since Karyon Johnson's kind of been out of the way. So uh, I will start Matt Stafford. I'm not going to like it. And I also will start Kenny Galladay. But that's all I want from the Detroit side. Mitchell Trubisky stinks. Hashtag analysis. He has five TD passes in six games he has started and finished this season. That is not good. But you know who is good? David Montgomery. Over the past two weeks, 41 carries, 16.7% of the target share for the Bears. And he's going up against the Lions, who allow 4.5 yards per carry to running backs. And they give up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. I love David Montgomery this week. I have him just barely outside my top 12. He is a high-end RB2 for me. EY, when it comes to Allen Robinson, he let us down last week. Darius Slay is practicing in full. I am actually very worried about Allen Robinson in this spot. Are you, EY? If Slay plays for sure, he's uh, been one of the top cornerbacks all year. Uh, and maybe he's a little bit banged up, but the reality is that Allen Robinson is a great receiver, but he's got a quarterback that doesn't know how to play quarterback. Mitchell Dabrisky by far is my worst call ever in fantasy sports. I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> I thought he would take a step forward. I thought certainly there's no NFL team that could be this wrong about a player. And I was more wrong than them. I thought I didn't think he was going to be a top 12 or anything, but I thought that he would at least take a big step forward from what he was. And he's regressed. He's been 
He's maybe the worst quarterback in the NFL right now, which is tough to say. Chicago has everything. They have a good defense. They have a great running game. They have talented wide receivers with Gabriel uh, Allen Robinson and uh, oh my god, I can't think of the other guy. But anyways, Anthony I mean, Miller has been a letdown. Anthony Miller, they're low. They're, he's been a massive letdown. But the thing is, is is Anthony Miller the letdown, or is it Trubisky can't get him the ball? Uh, I, I don't know. But Trubisky has got to go. Uh, for me, I, I would rather see Daniel playing. Uh, I think he gives them a better chance. So, but yeah, it's a running game, uh, and I think I'm probably going to avoid Allen Robinson. The Chiefs at the Titans, you see the flag flying right there behind Eric Young's head. Patrick Mahomes will play in this game, which means, guess what? You're firing up Tyreek Hill, and you're firing up Travis Kelsey, obviously. I like Sammy Watkins personally as a high-end wide receiver three. The targets have been there for him the past couple of weeks. That was with Matt Moore as the quarterback. This is the first game, assuming that they all make it through healthy, that Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins are going to play together this season. So I am interested to see how the target share breaks down here. Nick, you mentioned you're starting Damian Williams in a league. How do you think that the Chiefs backfield shakes out here? Yeah, he's another guy that I'm, I'm probably going to start this week. And again, I'm, I'm not going to like it because we've just seen them run with a committee the entire season. Um, I think Williams, had he not gotten hurt in the beginning of the year, would have ran away with this job. And we saw last, last week what he brings to the table in terms of explosiveness compared to a guy like Shady at this age. So... I do like Damian Williams. Uh, I think the Titans defense got off to a really strong start in the beginning of the year, so people still have that in their minds, but they're not really that great of a defense anymore. Uh, it's definitely one that I think you can exploit both on the ground and through the air. They'll be without Malcolm Butler, which I don't even know if that's really a positive um, for the opposing offense because it puts someone else on the on the field as opposed to him, but it's, it's just not a team that you really need to fear. I, I think you can start um, Watkins. I'm also not too high on him. I think if you just keep feeding targets to a guy who's not good, then the outlook will continue to be not good. He's, I mean, he's not really putting up more than like nine or 10 fantasy points a game, even with 10 targets a game. Um, so I'm not too high on Watkins, but obviously Tari Kill, you're firing up. Mahomes is top three. Kelsey, get him in there. Um, and I do like, I do like Damian Williams as someone who can explode and he gets a few more targets in the passing game. He'll be a legit RB2 rest of the season. EY, you get the Tennessee Titans. I like Ryan Tannehill as a bi-week replacement. At least 19 fantasy points in each start he has made so far this season. And the Kansas City Chiefs have allowed three... They've allowed a ton of touchdowns recently. Um, so they, they were really good against the pass earlier on in the season, but we're starting to see a little bit of cracks in the armor here. Obviously, you're firing up Derrick Henry. They can fall behind in this one, but he is seeing so much volume. I think you got to go with him. EY, how do you feel about Tannehill? Uh, and are you starting anyone in the receiving game? I think Jonu Smith is an interesting tight end stream this week. Yeah, I mean, I think Tannehill is probably the number one stream this week. Uh, Kansas City's defense is not good. Um, if you've been paying attention to them, they kind of just pin their ears back and blitz. Uh, they come after the quarterback. So if Tannehill can get rid of it quick, um, I think John New Smith could be a really, really sneaky play at tight end. Uh, and another guy to look out for that's been super explosive uh, but hasn't done much is A.J. Brown. Davis is banged up, uh, and I think he's practicing today, but but uh, has a still carrying the questionable tag. A.J. Brown has looked really good in his opportunities. They haven't been many for some reason. Tajay Sharp has been starting over him, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but A.J. Brown, uh, it, it could be a really sneaky play this week. 
Move over to the Giants at the Jets. I, did, I filmed a fan duel video with Gabe earlier today, uh, and he said that this game is going to be, quote, messier than a Port Authority bathroom. And, you know, I can't really disagree with him. As a Jets fan myself, Evan Engram and Sterling Shepard ruled out in this one. Obviously, you're using Saquon Barkley. I think Golden Tate, for me, in PPR League's top 20 wide receiver this week, this New York Jets secondary is not a good one. Uh, Nick, can I interest you in anyone else? Ja- uh, Darius Slayton as a sneaky start? And I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go towards six teams on a buy, man. I I get I get the appeal. He's he's shown a lot of, uh, I guess, flashes of the type of upside he brings uh, to the to the field for Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones, I saw a stat somewhere earlier today that he's completed five of 30 passes that were, I think, 25 yards down the field. And that's where Slayton kind of eats. So uh, in terms of guys that I'm looking for, I I mean, I'm more looking forward to the tailgate of this game than I am the actual (laughs) game. I have a lot of friends that are going to I think many people are. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that are going to be there. I know you said it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy inside and outside of the stadium. Uh, so on, on the Giants side of the ball, I'm really excited about Tate. He's probably bordering the top 12 PPR receivers for he, me this he's week. He's your Christian Kirk this week. Yeah, I guess so, even though I like I, – I mean, Christian Kirk is also my Christian Kirk this week. Oh, I all think, right. Too. So, so we can – I mean, we can, fine. we can get both of them it works. In, inside of there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Golden Tate is probably the only pass catcher I'm looking forward to in this um, in this. On the other side of the ball, looks like Le'Veon Bell is going to play if he's out there. Sure, you're going to want to use him if you're real desperate if Le'Veon Bell doesn't play. Bilal Powell, Ty Montgomery, I don't think that you want to fool around with this. But again, I understand there are six teams on a bye. Um, EY, Robbie Anderson let us down last week. Jamison Crowder was awesome. Uh, I like Jamison Crowder once again. It seems like he has been Sam Darnold's go-to guy. Uh, Any trust in Robbie Anderson this week again with six teams on a bye? I feel it's just the you know more of the same. Is Robbie Anderson is if you're a guy that that drafted him high, I feel like you made a mistake. Um, he's a boomer bust guy. He's either going to you know give you you know ten to twelve, fifteen points, or he's going to give you none to three points. So th- that's who he is. That's who he's always been. Um, I think there were some people, and I mean I was interested in him uh, if you could get him a little bit later because I think this is a contract year for him. But the New York Jets, sorry Frank, have been rotten uh and uh the quarterback play this is another guy that everyone thought including myself that he would step forward and he's definitely been not as good as he was or not as good as he showed especially near the end of the year last year so I, i'm avoiding him crowder is a guy and herndon's gonna play is what gay said and that that could be another guy that's interesting so this is uh this is a game that i, I i'm probably not going to watch a single down of because it's not going to be good Dolphins at the Colts. We are now to the portion of the show where I will literally give one person a game and I'll give the other person a different game. The Dolphins at the Colts. Marlon Mack, you're obviously firing up him against the Miami Dolphins here. Nick, I want to ask you, how high is too high for Devontae Parker, Zach Paschal, and Mike Gusecki because all three of those were very popular waiver wire additions this week? Yeah, I like the Miami side of the ball a lot more than the Indy side because if you look how this game flow is probably going to go, I think they're 10-point favorites right now. I'd imagine Marlon Mack will get somewhere close to 30 touches or so. And uh, that will obviously kill the passing offense for the Colts. And you have Jacoby Brissett, who's a little bit banged up. They're not going to ask him to roll out of the pocket, and they're not going to ask him to do much in the pocket. So uh, that is going to hurt Zach Pascal's target share. It's going to hurt everyone on that team's target share. Um, so I'm, I'm nervous from the indie side of the passing uh, situation. When you go to the Miami side of things, uh, you have to kind of like Parker and Gasicki just because the target funnel is going to be ridiculous going And, and Kalen Blage, duh, right? I love Kalen Balazs. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I can't total- tell if you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> how, how, how many total yards you think uh, Kalen Balazs will end up with in this game? Over, under of like 41. Under. 
Nick Hambalash sucks. Wait, wait, wait. Who is that? I'm being told that we have a special guest. I still have four games that I got to get to. Uh, who is our special guest? Who is on the BFF hotline right now? Kalen Balaj sucks. Kalen Balaj sucks. That is Greg Sussman. <laughs> Greg getting ready for his wedding. Uh, Greg, how are you doing? And how much do you like DJ Moore this week? Love DJ Moore, man. I love DJ Moore last week. I love him this week. You know I'm a DJ Moore guy. Why, why you're getting ready for your wedding and yet you're talking about Kalen Balaj? <laughs> I cannot think of a worse way to get ready for a wedding. Yeah, I mean, that's just an omen that everything bad that can happen uh, will happen, Greg, so I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's not very nice, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Bullying. Uh, Frank, did everyone wish you a happy birthday? Uh, nobody wished me a happy birthday yet because it's not my birthday. I understand that, but Nick's <laughs> not going to see you tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe Nick didn't know that it's my birthday tomorrow. You know, I don't just start the show off by saying, hey, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> well, happy you call birthday. him your BFF. He's here. He's hosting. He doesn't even wish you happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, well, he's an know, honorary BFF. He's a special guest BFF. Uh, and thank you for coming in and taking over the show, Greg, because now uh, we are not right. going to complete the rest of the games that we had. Partially, that's my own fault because I only talked about two games in the first segment because I'm hashtag dumb. Uh, and I also <laughs> spent a lot of time recapping last night. So... Uh, I'm sorry to the audience out there. Sounds about right, Frank. <laughs> it sounds about right, Greg. Uh, are you excited for your wedding? I'm ready to rock, man. I'm excited. I'm here in the hotel. Just waiting for everyone else to get here. Uh, I will be there <laughs> tomorrow, so have some shots lined up for me. EY, do you have any parting words for Greg Sussman, who is uh, getting ready to tie the knot? No, and, uh, enjoy it. As a person that never thought he would be married, uh, I met my wife. Uh, we've been together for over 15 years. We've been married for four, and I can honestly say it's the probably, and not even arguably, the best decision I've ever made. Congrats to you guys. Hopefully to see you in Nashville when you're here. It's freezing. Bring a jacket. Congrats to Greg Sussman for Nick Ercolano. For EY, I am Frank Stanfield. I'm sorry we didn't get to the other games. Tweet at me at Roto underscore Frank. I'll send you my breakdown for all of them. For everybody here on the show, it's the Fantasy BFFs. Up next, Wager Talk right here on the SportsGrid TV Network. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. I don't know what happened last night, Nick, but for whatever reason, Philip Rivers, maybe he was seeing ghosts. I don't know what it was, but ultimately, he did not look like himself. Three turnovers in this game. He fumbled another time, and ultimately, outside of Hunter Henry, you were let down once again by their pass catchers. Yeah, Philip Rivers is, is a problem, it seems like, for the Chargers long term. And they mentioned it during the broadcast last night how, you know, those quarterbacks came into the league together. It was Eli, who is now benched. You have Big Ben, who is out uh, for the year with his injury. We don't know what we're going to see come next year. Rivers is the last remaining guy. Uh, and I don't know that he should be. I mean, they're not going to bench him, obviously, but there's a problem with his with his passing game. The, sh- the whole shot put thing is is not working anymore. Maybe when he was a little younger and he had some more strength behind it, but that hurts a guy like Mike Williams, whose main, um, you know, his main form of attack, especially for fantasy purposes, is those deep balls. And Mike Williams is a guy who people get excited about because he's got the air yards and whatnot. But if you can't put it together consistently and you're not getting those accurate deep throws from Rivers week in and week out, then he's not going to have a lot of value for you because you have to have consistency from those mid-round wide receivers like Mike Williams in order to return some value. Uh, And it's hurting Keenan Allen, of course, too, because they are so heavily involving their running backs, which I think is a good game plan considering the tandem of Gordon and Eckler uh, is really talented. They give you everything you need. They give you the strength, the receiving, the uh, ability, all everything in between. And we're starting starting to see Melvin Gordon kind of come into his form. So if you drafted him late, you looks like you got a steal. He looks like a guy who is going to be a twenty touch guy that we're kind of used to. Um, I will say a lot of the a lot of the calls that they had were questionable. Some of the picks were a little bit unlucky. Guys falling on the ground, whatever. Um, but when they got to the goal line, man, some of the play calling was 
so suspect. They kept we're throwing it to Lance Kendricks and their their fullback. Lance Kendricks are fullback, on, and when they're trying to run the ball, they did the same play three times. They would motion one of the wide receivers right into the middle of the box. All that does is throw more defenders right into the box, and it's like when you're just trying to power a guy up the middle. Get the defenders out of the box. Go four wide. Go go uh, from shotgun and then get your best matchup numbers-wise. But they kept running awful play calls, so that was terrible. On the flip side, I mean, we got to give Gruden some credit. He's looked like a really, really, really good coach despite all the, you know, the buffoonery that we saw in the preseason. He was, I don't know, moving players that shouldn't have been moved. He couldn't get anything going um, from the outside world. We all looked like it was a joke, but they're putting things together. Josh Acup looks fantastic, a guy that I was not on whatsoever, but he looks like a beast. Um and I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really trust too many pieces outside of there. Waller's been very good, but has shown that he has somewhat of a low floor. I still like him as a, a clear-cut tight end one going forward. But the game altogether was uh, was an exciting one down to the wire. Yeah, it seems like this, the Oakland Raiders are starting to spread the ball out, uh, ball around a little bit more here with Tyrell Williams, five targets. You see Hunter Renfro with his five targets. Darren Waller, the same thing. So we're starting to see some of that floor of Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, has been awesome. At least 15 carries in every game since week four. Season high, five targets last night. That's what I love to see from Josh Jacobs. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.